The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And uh, my guest today is uh, Eileen Franco. She's a certified holistic uh, wellness coach with an emphasis in specialty and menopause and working with women who are going through menopause or in the pre-stages of menopause. So this is uh, an interesting topic to me. It's becoming more and more relevant to my training and the clients that I've been taking on within the last year or so. So I'm really interested in hearing what she has to say. And uh, Eileen, thank you so much. Thank you, Sean, for having me today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I like to give people a context, a kind of a backstory about uh, what people uh, are going to get from the um, from the guests, which I've already given it to them. But I like to hear from the horse's mouth as well, so to speak. So just uh, give us a little bit of backstory. What brought you here and what got you on your journey on the work you're doing today? Um, absolutely. Happy to share that. In 2019, at the height of my career, um, as I was transitioning into a new role, um, in my next career um, ladder, if you will, uh, my body decided to transition into perimenopause. And it was already giving me signs two years earlier because I was gaining unexpected weight. And no matter how much I worked out, I wasn't able to lose the weight. I kept gaining instead. So when, when I transitioned into perimenopause, I just started feeling I started sweating a lot. It was a lot of symptoms, fatigue, mental mental brain fog, if you will. I was confused all the time. Um, I didn't know uh, anything about project management, what I've been doing for 15 years. And um, I, I didn't sleep well because I wasn't sleeping well at night. I was only sleeping about three to four hours every night. So um, it really took a toll on my health and my well-being. It started affecting my work performance. So I went to see my doctor a couple of months in, and I had asked her if there was anything that we can do that did not require medication. And her response to me was, well, get used to it. This is the way it's going to be moving forward unless you want medication. And as you can imagine, you know, that for me was not an option because I've never been one to pop a pill and call it, call it a day because I know that's just a Band-Aid solution. And that just lit a fire under my pants. I walked out of there in awe and it's like, okay, well, that's not gonna happen because I ain't gonna take medication. You know, um, HRT is known to give cancer. So why would I wanna ingest HRT? So it lit a fire under my pants. I started following functional medicine doctors. I started, um, getting all the information about uh, natural ways, natural solutions, therapies, herbs, supplements, foods, anything that can help me. And I became a guinea pig. And in a matter of weeks, um, the most pressing um, symptom that I was having was sweating and the hot flashes because the hot flashes were around the clock, maybe about eight, eight an hour. And at night, the night sweats were incredible. Those were the first thing to really kind of eliminate. So from there, I just kept applying more of these natural um, strategies and solutions, and I just started getting better and better. I later took a course with a functional medicine doctor on hormones, um, learning about the hormones, how it functions in the body, 
learning about how we can kickstart the metabolism, learning where everything was coming from. And that helped me even further in uh, heal my body and start losing all the weight that I had gained. I had gained over 20, I believe it was 25 pounds. And in that program that I did with the functional medicine doctors, in that span of time, I lost 10 pounds with those natural solutions and strategies. So after I finished that program, I continue to apply uh, the solutions that I've learned, plus what I've learned in my academics um, uh, journey with holistic wellness and lost all the weight. So from that moment, I realized that this was something I wanted to share with women because many women are suffering through this. And many women don't know that there's underlying causes that can be reversed and that you don't have to resort to HRT. So that's what led me to become a certified holistic wellness coach. So what was the biggest takeaway that you learned when you started this journey? You learned about, you know, you know, menopause, the transitions, the changes in hormones and how it affects, you know, quality of life for women. So what was the big, big kind of takeaway you learned from that that really led to this so many transformative changes like the loss of the weight and stuff like that because yeah you're right it gets kind of just readily dismissed as like well putting on weight comes with getting older because your metabolism slows down and you know and your eating habits haven't really changed very well or not very good so all that weight you kind of all that food that you eat that you took for granted younger when you were younger um is now kind of catch up with you just because you can't process it just as, as quickly and sufficiently as you used to well, the big and that you're absolutely right. You know, everything, the lifestyle that we have prior to the transition will no longer serve us. Mm-hmm. We have to transition to a new lifestyle because at that point, these are conditions that we're developing over time, but just menopause just brought it out to the surface, if you will, if that's a great analogy. Right. To me, the biggest takeaway is how intelligent our body is if we only give it a chance. Our body has the potential of healing if we know what to do and how to do it in order to heal and overcome mostly all of the symptoms, if not eliminate most of them, reduce them to the point that you hardly feel anything and women can thrive during this new phase and new chapter. So that's the biggest takeaway, how my body, if by me supporting my body with what it needs, how it can work to my benefit. Gotcha, gotcha. So... You, you kind of related the story early on without even re- really realizing it that I've heard many times before is like, I had this problem. I went to a doctor, doctor said, waved me off saying, well, this is, this is how it is. This is the, you know, this is the limit of what, you know, current medical science can really take us. And there's no other option. And you kind of said, no, screw that. I don't accept that. And so you kind of went about your way and saying, all right, I'll find another way on my own. And I've heard this many, many times before from guests on a number of a number of different issues and a, num- a number of different ways. So in, I get and I, I know I'm asking your opinion on this, but what is it about menopause and perimenopause that uh, the medical community really just doesn't quite understand or just can't really um, properly address? Well, Sean, I think there's two things. First of all, several things, and I'm just going to point them out at a high level because mm-hmm. again, I, I am grateful for what medical doctors do for us. But first thing, doctors are not, they don't go to school to 
my understanding is that doctors don't go to school to do preventive medicine. If not, is to take chronic acute symptoms and take care of that, right? Mm-hmm. So med- the medical practice today is that doctors are trained to take care of what's going on, system uh, symptoms-based, looks at only at the symptoms and not the body as a whole, right? So they're right. doing, they're going by the symptoms. Instead of asking you, why is this, instead of asking why this is happening, um, they ask what is going on and what have you done? So that really just focuses on what you, your body's going through, but that doesn't mean necessarily that that's the cause. The, our body has a way of telling us when something is wrong through the symptoms that we experience. Unfortunately, we're not good at paying attention to our body and we ignore it or we pop a pill and call it a day, but there's a reason why this is happening. So instead of uh, going to the underlying cause, doctors just treat it at a higher, at a symptom-based higher level without getting to the underlying cause. Two, um, doctors sign a contract with insurance companies and these insurance companies tell them that, you know, this is what you can only treat and this is what you can only say, otherwise everything else is not going to be payable. So these are many complaints that many doctors are going through now and are converting to functional medicine because their limitations in wanting to take care of the patient the way they want to. And three, um, one, of, one of the things that med, uh, Medicare, the, the insurance hierarchy here in this country, in the U.S., is that Medicare is the top insurance. It's the one that's above all else. And there was a quote, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I can't remember the actual thing that they put on their website, but any they, they put out on their website that any... Um, any treatment that is to cure or to prevent disease or to prevent any kind of illness occurring, it's not payable. So what does that tell us? Is the medical system not really uh, uh, in the business of helping us heal, right? So it's not really regarding what's perimenopause and menopause. Yes, these are external factors, but also the knowledge. Doctors are not really fully trained in menopause and perimenopause in medical school is very limited. And, and most of the studies that have been done have been on men and not on women. Yeah, and I've heard that before too, actually. And because um, I was listening to another podcast recently and this woman was on, she was on for that very reason, not necessarily about hormones, but you know, exercise physiology and how it relates to women, how it can be sustainable for women. And that was something she did bring up too, is like, it's just, most of the, what we understand about exercise and sustainability, you know, for anyone is based on a, a male patient, you know, it's based on a male athlete and stuff like that. And it doesn't really apply to women. So I guess, and, and that's, a, that's a, I guess that's, a, if you want to look for a major shortcoming in, in the understanding of, of menopause, that's probably the biggest one you can find. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when in menopause, women need to work out differently. Because cortisol level, uh, when you stress the body, you're increasing the production of cortisol. And cortisol, uh, a higher cortisol hurts us without being in menopause. And in menopause, it just magnifies even further. Because cortisol is the culprit. It controls insulin, right? And insulin is the fat-storing hormones. So if you're stressing the body by working out way too much than you need to, that doesn't, and that's what's that's my case. I was working out more and more. My body was gaining more and more. So you cannot work out the same way when you're in menopause and stress your body to the point where your body's producing extra cortisol to, because of the stress you're giving it. 
when you're in menopause you need to work out differently so totally in agreement with what your that guest um that podcast guest uh, talked about so how do you work out you know when you're in premenopause or you're in menopause how, how do you suggest somebody works out i mean it, I, I, I suppose it's different than going to like the gym five days a week or something like that well i don't think it's so much the frequency of it it's just the intensity high intensity hit can be one of the one that is um, counterproductive. Not to say that you can't do it, but you cannot do it as much as you're used to and probably at a lesser degree, maybe 15, 20 minutes. That way your body doesn't, you know, overproduce the amount of cortisol that it needs to. When we're in menopause, we definitely have to work out because, you know, as we age, we're losing muscles. I believe by the age of 30, we start losing muscles. So we have to increase muscles, right? We definitely have to do muscles. We definitely have to do... Um, some type of mobility like yoga, if you will, because that's going to help with, excuse me, I'm sorry. It was going to help with um, pre um, prevent injuries in your joints and in your, in your, in, in your um, ankles and, and all that in your bones. So you definitely want to be able to work out, uh, do strength training and do kind of yoga, Pilates, whatever that is. But the HIIT workouts, the cardio, the long sections of cardio where people spend an hour on the machine, it's really not doing anything for you. Right. And can it um, can it manifest in other areas too, like when doing HIIT workouts, other than just the obvious weight gain? Like I'm working out more and more and I can't get this weight off and the scale isn't changing at all. I mean, does it, does it show up in other ways too, in other symptoms too? Does it disrupt other aspects of your life? Absolutely, Sean, it does. I mean, the, the cortisol is the corporate of many illnesses and disease. We know that, right? Because it mm -hmm. causes inflammation and inflammation is the underlying cause. So inflammation, you're not able to sleep. I wasn't sleeping three to four hours. And guess what? That was the overproduction of cortisol that was going on my adrenals who are now in charge of producing sex hormones because my body's like, okay, this is the baton. I'm passing it on to you. I'm not doing sex hormones anymore. It's your job. But if the body is stressed out based on your lifestyle, based about working out more than you need to, if you're stressed and you're on the go, 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 you can't say no, you pile your plate on with so many things, your body's going to start doing the cortisol. So it affects your sleep. It leads to adrenal fatigue, which is what I had. I was only sleeping three to four hours a night. And, mm -hmm. a, and a classic symptom of that is waking up in the middle of, after three or four hours and not be able to go to sleep. And that's adrenal fatigue. And, you know, most of the, like 60 or 70% of the population suffers about adrenal fatigue. So you have lack of sleep, um, not being able to um, sleep a full night. Um, you get adrenal fatigue, gain weight, you gain more weight, which is as we just talked about. Um, it starts affecting your uh, brain fog because stress also starts affecting that mental clarity again it starts the inflammation starts also affecting the way you think your energy levels tank i mean it's all related all our hormones um we have a command center and they're all related and when mm -hmm. one is out of whack it's a snowball effect everything else is affected so i i, I was going through your your website and i was because i was doing my my due diligence and researching and uh, one thing I noticed in your background is that you you said that you started this journey, you know, when you started going through menopause, of course. But then you mentioned uh, 
it was also after 20 after a 23 year marriage is that correct did i have that right yes i um it so happened that um when i was transitioning um prior to that transition i was already going through a, a breakup absolutely right so and you mentioned that there was parts of you that you got lost in that in that marriage or that were kind of like you know i think everyone to some degree i feel like kind of experiences that when you're in a marriage. I yeah. think it's it's kind of generally understood that a marriage is, is a give and take kind of relationship. And you can't you can't be in a marriage and just kind of live entirely for yourself. That's not how it really works out. But you you really um you seem like like your whole being was kind of like just kind of dismantled. That's, that's the impression I got. And so that probably coupled with menopause and all these hormonal changes in your body probably just led to just a kind of a kind of a breakdown or a snapping point well i think that it, well in my when i say that i was i i lost myself and what i meant by that is really saying that i really didn't take i didn't know i didn't know myself and what i wanted out of that marriage out of that relationship right mm -hmm. and having that relationship for 23 years um being the way it was for me um led to many of my well-being being affected by it because I, I was constantly under depression and, you know, later in therapy, finding out that when we don't receive what we need as a human being from an other person that we love, that affects our well-being. So it affected my well-being in, in many ways um, that I wasn't aware of until I came out of, out of the relationship and I started um, realizing um, things in therapy and outside of therapy that was uh, affecting my health and one of that one of that was being in depression all the time and being able to feel confident in myself because after your 23 years in a marriage there's always comes the doubt can I be able to do this I have my children right so those were the the uncertainty of what was going to happen to me going forward but nonetheless I didn't let that stop me from moving forward in the decision I had made because there's nothing worse than being in a toxic relationship because that's also part of wellness. You know, we tend to think that wellness is just diet and exercise. And of course, they're the primary, they're foundational. But we have also career. Are you happy in what you're doing? Are you in a relationship that you're receiving what you need? Is there that give and take? Are you in a toxic relationship? I can't say that mine was toxic, but it wasn't healthy. You know, so... It's, it was on many levels that I was referring to that because I also didn't know much of myself getting involved with someone at an early age. And it was in my early 20s. And we really don't know much of ourselves at that point. I mean, I wish I, at least in my case, some people are more, you know, mature at that time. I didn't know much of myself and I didn't know much of how my upbringing affected my decisions that I made later on in life. So that also factored into that. But yeah, I did experience some kind of breakdown where I had to recreate myself while I was going through menopause. So what about in your in your background that led into your marriage that ultimately proved unhappy? I mean, if you don't mind kind of going into that a little bit more, because I want again, I'm trying to understand like where you come from and there's always an origin. Yes. about how, how we step into a marriage, how we step into a, a trans a, a fitness transformation. There's always there's always a seed somewhere that kind of just bleeds into everything else. Absolutely. 
I don't mind sharing that because, you know, I've been on Oprah and I've shared uh, my part of my um, journey as well. So, and if it helps another person to realize that the decisions we make, we think we're making it consciously, but it's really decisions that have been instilled in us from our own upbringing. So for instance, my father was not a very affectionate person. I never heard from my parents, I love you. I never got hugged at much at all, if any. And so I thought that by when I went into a relationship, I did not realize that the same, I was choosing a partner exactly as my father. And once I was in that relationship and I started realizing, wait, this is not fulfilling. I don't feel happy. This person is cold. This person is unaffectionate. I didn't realize until I went into therapy that the decision that I had made was because that's what I had saw in my parents' marriage. So you kind of carry that through thinking that that's what you need to do unconsciously. It's your really subconscious that's really driving everything because we're only functioning 5% from our conscious level, right? So 95% is our subconscious. Subconsciously, you're making a choice, but once you're in it, and then you start realizing, and then and you're like, but wait a second, why did I make this choice? You go back to your upbringing and you say, hey, that person was exactly like my father. And that's what he portrayed. So for me, it was a no-brainer until I started questioning things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, actually. So, yeah. So, no, I mean, that, that, that perfectly carries over. So, yeah, I guess if you do kind of subconsciously, and I don't want to digress too much here, but you do kind of subconsciously search for something that you did not have. And then <laughs> uh, invariably you end up choosing the very thing that sometimes you did have. And, it's, and that's why it didn't work out very well. That's why it wasn't very healthy. But um, interesting. Yeah, that's that's a very that's a very good point right there. Um, so also with the... Um, with the stress and the changes in hormones and stuff, I did notice too that you do sp specifically speak to uh, women in a corporate world. Now I understand that that's you know, part of your own background here, so that makes sense in that regard. But is there something um, that you believe was kind of generally uh, a stronger need for women who say who work in that corporate world, who are kind of I mean, let's be honest, it's dominated mostly by men and. You know, do you think, do you sense that there's a stronger need to reach out to them as opposed to the women who don't work in such environment, like supposed to like a stay-at-home mom or something like that? No, I mean, you know, that was um, my initial, when I started branding myself, I pointed it out to corporate women because um, that's when my transition happened. And in my research and what I went through, it affected my work performance. You know, recent there has been studies that have shown that uh, over 70, 80 percent of the women have um, reported negative impact to their, their work performance. And there is a stigma of women in menopause at work. I mean, a UK um, in a newsletter that I subscribed to, um, they had reported uh, some survey that was done and women were being mocked at at work because of menopause and the stigma that exists in society with women in menopause. You know, so for me, having the transition, going through the transition while in corporate, knowing how that affected me, knowing what the potentials are, because I had to resign from my job. 
you know, I went through um, the doctor. She told me she couldn't help me unless I want meds. I went and did some research and I started seeing some changes in my body. But later on, I ended up in short-term disability with depression and anxiety, chronic stress, fatigue, and insomnia a couple of months, eight months into perimenopause. And I later resigned because my body wasn't fully healed from everything that I was experiencing in my body, coupled that with the demands of the corporate world at the time, right? So when your body's under a lot of a huge change because this is a huge change in our body and you have external stressors coming from your day-to-day job livelihood that is going to couple that and it's going to affect women and it's going to affect their career and ultimately i had to resign so in the uk it's a disturbing outcome because in the uk it was reported um, that back in 2019, 900,000 women um, resigned from their jobs or quit due to menopause symptoms. So this is a big thing. So I felt targeting them because I can relate to that plight in that moment. I can, but it doesn't diminish that I, that women in that who's a stay at home mom is going through the same thing. Of course I can, uh-huh. I can help them as well, but um, it's because I can relate more to that moment when you're working and how your body is functioning at the same time and the stressors of that. Right. So did, did this all happen more or less around the same time period then? Like marriage came apart, had to resign from job, all, all this, um, you know, um, undesired weight gain and, you know, loss of sleep, brain fog. Did this all just start um, piling on you all at once or was it kind of like did it gradually happen? Well, the my marriage my marriage started dissolving a couple of years before my transition into perimenopause. Okay. So um, I had and when I transitioned into perimenopause that same month, my divorce was final. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I believe that the stressors that I experienced two years before with the perimenopausal symptoms of gaining weight and not being able to lose it, no matter how much I worked out. There was stress going on there with my personal life at the time, could have contributed to more stress in my life. Um, but um, the, the transition and the corporate world, that happened all at once. My body, I, I, believe, I believe my body had a breakdown because for the last two years, I was just functioning under little limited sleep, three to four hours. I was pushing my body over its limits then boom comes this transition then boom comes this uh, demanding leadership in a new role that my body just couldn't i was just not functioning because your work performance is affected so my body was just like yeah that's it i'm not doing this and i had that breakdown i understand so when you started going through these um transitioning you started bettering your health your wealth or your health your fitness and all that stuff so how long how long before like these uh, changes you made were permanent? They just became a fixture of who you were. Because I can hear a lot of, I can hear a lot of people saying, you know, they say all that, well, that works for you. Great. But my life is X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And I just don't have the wherewithal time or whatever to really make all these changes. And, you know, so how do you, how do you uh, counter something like that? 
Well, I, I say that you have to do it. You know, when I work with women, I give them all the, I bring the natural holistic solutions to them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with a eight week program to help them to overcome the symptoms, lose the belly fat and, you know, gain mental clarity and be able to increase their energy and then some because it's a holistic program. And I empower them with the knowledge of what's going on, but it really takes time. You 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 have to uh, go ahead. It doesn't mean that in eight weeks, all of a sudden you're help. No, your body it's it's been years of buildup, mm -hmm. and once you understand the underlying causes, the inflammation, and it takes your body time to heal itself and support. You have to really do this slow, one step at a time. And you transition and you continue to transition until it becomes a new lifestyle for you. It's not something that you're going to do. You start off with the foundation and then you build upon it. Uh, for me, it's been permanent because we live in a toxic world. You know, even when we eat out, we're eating food that contains toxins and chemicals because our agricultural practices are not the best here, right? All, our soil does, has been depleted of all its minerals. So the foods that we're eating out in restaurants, you know, are being done, God knows with what chemicals in there, foods that mimic estrogen. So we're always going to be confronting, you know, toxins, the products we put on our skin. So this is something that has to become a lifestyle change forever, if you will, until the rest, until the, you know, the end of our time here, because toxins affects our menopause symptoms and it contributes to it it's one of the underlying causes that and inflammation so if we're constantly eating food that causes inflammation if we're exposed to toxins okay. you're going to be going through these symptoms until at some point i don't know um i haven't gotten there yet where you don't experience anything but i I've, I've been thriving i have energy i have mental clarity and it's only been two years gotcha gotcha so say um because I want to uh, expand on your uh, on your program here, uh, what you offer people. So, say I'm a brand new client. I'm a woman. I'm you know, let's say I, I don't know, 55 years old, and so now I'm really struggling with menopause here. And I come to you and I search you out, and I say, "Oh, this looks like it could be really up my alley. This could help me out a lot." So, what would the process be? How would you work with them? Well, I do a wellness assessment. I want to make sure that I know what's their challenges they are facing. And I ask questions and what they, you know, what they're experiencing, what they've done and what has worked, what hasn't. And then be able to determine if from there I'm able to help them from the things that I know from my own um, expertise. If, if it turns out that we are a good fit, then we work together and from there I enroll them in the program or a three-month program because it depends. There is an eight-month program just to be able to learn more about um, learn about menopause, specific to menopause, but people can, I work with one-on-one -on -one clients that want to work with me for longer, right? So it's being able to target complete wellness, um, not just menopause, but a three-month program or more. So we enroll them in the program. I assign them day day get access to this portal where they will have weekly calls, which weekly coaching calls with me. And, you know, they'll have access to materials that is delivered every week. They'll have additional resources, materials, and, you know, that includes uh, meal plans, uh, 
supplements, natural supplements that will help with the menopause and with the hot flashes and getting the inflammation down, detoxing the heavy metals from our body. So it's a complete program targeting several areas, targeting cellular health, targeting our sleep, our microbiome, because that's our second immune system. So we need to make sure our biome is um, healthy and we work through all that areas. We target balancing the hormones and it's kind of a whole program that targets all these things together, sleep as well. Mm-hmm. We target sleep and one natural thing they can do to sleep instead of having to take medication for sleeping. So many women are on sleeping pills and I had insomnia and I was able to naturally do it. And now I sleep my at least seven hours without interrupted sleep. So I pass on that expertise to women on how to go about that. Again, everything that's natural, some things will you'll see results right away. Others, you have to give it time. So I take them through that program and show them what they can do. Um, The combined uh, natural uh, therapies with our own body healing mechanism, also with diet, making sure we transition them to a healthy diet and um, detoxing the body and reducing inflammation so they can start feeling great. So what would you say in your experience are some of the biggest things or maybe one thing that your clients kind of struggle with the most on their journey? So I kind of, I want to, I want to touch on this a little bit because, you know, if they know going in what they, what they might run into as an issue, that's been an issue for a lot of the women you've worked with, what would you kind of put your finger on saying, well, this, this can be hard, but just kind of knuckle through it. Well, the biggest pain point that women have always complained about is the belly fat, mm-hmm. you know, gaining the weight and the set, you know, gaining weight, hot flashes is up there too, because it's really uncomfortable. And, you know, is it difficult to lose the weight? No, it's not really difficult once you know how to, um, how to, what you need to do in order to be able to, um, lose the weight and reduce inflammation because it starts with reducing inflammation. And when you reduce inflammation, then you'll start seeing the weight come off. So, you know, women think it's a difficult thing. I'm not losing the weight no matter what I try. You got to go down to reducing inflammation. That's that's priority. Gotcha, gotcha. So something else I was curious about, um, and I guess it's kind of an odd question, but um, I just started thinking about it. It's like, so we talk about, you know, a lot of, we talk about uh, going through menopause and I wonder like, is the process of menopause, is it different for women who say have never had children versus ones who have had children? Because, you know, I have to think that when, you know, when you go through the process of like carrying a child for nine months and then having giving birth and then doing it maybe multiple times, does that really impact how, how well you really transition through the menopausal period or do you notice no difference at all? Well, I haven't been able, I haven't encountered um, in my, in um, I haven't yet worked with a woman that uh, hasn't had any children, mm-hmm. but, you know, I have heard that the symptoms are still the same, you know, so I would think that um, it's really the underlying causes. I don't think one thing or the other has, I'm not sure, I, just to be honest, I'm not sure how that would affect, Right. Uh, but I know that the symptoms that they've been experiencing has always been the same for women that have had children and women that haven't had children. And there have been women that have had children and haven't had 
any symptoms whatsoever. So that's something that I like to take a look at. And that's a good point. I mean, that's something that I would like, uh, thank you for bringing that up as something to look into. But there's women that um, have had have had no symptoms whatsoever. Right? So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of like what's going on with that? You know, why is there no symptoms? If there's underlying causes that we address, then why some women are not having these symptoms? And I can imagine it's probably genetics, DNA, you know, the DNA in the body. But um, I have to do more research on that to be able to answer that more. Fully sure. For you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I was just, I was just kind of because I started thinking about this. It's like, was it different though? But yeah, um, that's you know, fair. It's a fair question. Fair question. But um, okay. So I know you're kind of pressed for time, but um, I like to kind of, as a closing tradition, I like to say, because we go over a lot of information, even if it's a relatively shorter show. And if we can kind of like boil things down here to the listeners to say, if there's one thing out of anything that you'd like them to walk away with, if they, to remember, if nothing else, what would you say it would be? Um, I want the listeners to remember that our body is intelligent and our body can heal if we give it the, if we give it the support it needs. If you work with someone, if the medical um, practices or your doctor is not helping you, there are many other doctors or coaches like myself that are helping people really um, improve their health and well-being. You don't have to really state you know, health is our responsibility, not our doctors. And we have to make sure that we do what, what's right by us. And if one thing is not working, look for outside um, other experts out there. We're out there helping women reverse their health, be their health and well-being and feeling amazing. It's possible. Um, I'm sure that there are things that are will require more things other than natural, but I believe in trying always the natural route first before we try anything that is going to give us adverse um, risk health issues in the long run. Sounds good. I think we'll end it there. It's a great way to end it. Eileen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Sean. I was, I'm happy that I've been able to um, share everything I know and, and then some. I think uh, there's a lot more to share, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I, to be here. No, no, no. That's I'm very thankful, very grateful for you coming on. And those of you listening, of course, I will put information for Eileen um, in her website, her social media, in the show notes. You can reach out to her um, any way you'd like. Um, I also have for myself here too. Um, email. You can reach out to me. Um, it'll be in the show notes as well. Contact me about anything you'd like. Um, there also you can also sponsor the show, Fitness Reborn. All right. It helps uh, kind of uh, increase the visibility of the show. It helps me get more guests on like Eileen. We can have great conversations like this. That'll be in the link as well, too. Um, and if you do get value from the show, please uh, consider giving a review on Apple Podcasts. That, again, increases the, the visibility show. It helps more than you know. Um, all the help uh, is appreciated. Don't forget, uh, I also, well, no, I'm bringing up this for the first time. I'm also now on this new app called Wisdom, where you can ask people questions and you can get like any amount of inf information from them, ask them questions, and you get a voice uh, response to your questions. So check that out. I'm on there too, under Sean Carlton, and you can, uh, I'll put that in the link as well. And you can uh, ask me stuff through that uh, anyway, anytime you'd like. All right. But um, thanks so much for showing up, everybody. Thanks for listening. Eileen, thank you again. Thank you for having me, Sean. Happy to have been here.
out. And uh, until next time, folks, move forever. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes. And you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.